0: You're listening to... A Fat Cat Media Podcast. If you love caravanning, four-wheel driving, fishing, camping, gold detecting, exploring places, history and visiting destinations all rolled into each episode, welcome to the Road Less Travel Podcast. A podcast that documents and captures the Australian spirit of travel, discovery and adventure. And each week you can join myself where together we'll experience adventures all around Australia with glimpses into a world that's faded into history. The people, the places, the way of life. This is The Road Less Travelled. This is the road less traveled presented by Nikki Shay Less Travel Podcast, Nikki Shea with you and this week we're deciding to go back through our summer series and focusing rather, on the Sapphire Coast a great little adventure that we did back in season one of the show and don't forget too that you can interact with us on social media through Facebook and Instagram during the summer series and you can immerse yourself in big nature and explore the wild coastline dotted with secluded beaches, pristine estuaries, native forests and ancient landscapes. I'm talking about the Sapphire Coast and it's the perfect place to re-energise in spring with warm bright days, ideal for active adventures and on land and sea for that matter. From August till November we are regarded as one of Australia's premier whale watching locations with thousands of humpback whales travelling along the ancient coastline on their way to Antarctica and that's when we visited that particular area. The Sapphire Coast if you've never been, it's home to Australia's Wilderness Coast which is halfway between Melbourne and Sydney, just three hours from Canberra. This week in regards to where we're heading, we're heading south out of Sydney. We did this trip not too long ago and it's a cracking little trip uh, combined with uh, caravan and dog and everybody in tow to head out of Sydney and along the coast down towards Wollongong. And like most of the suburbs around Australia, the Sydney suburb has absolutely stretched from right up towards Palm Beach in the north, further out towards Hornsby, Windsor, uh, down to Mount Druitt, uh, Campbelltown, past Cronulla. Uh, That's where the the city of Sydney spreads itself far and wide. So we thought we'd head out of the city and along the coast. And to, well, we thought Sydney to Eden might not be probably the most common road trip for a lot of travellers. But after spending a week or two on this route, we find it difficult to believe that it really took us this long to discover the southern parts of New South Wales. There's an array of pretty little towns, pristine coastline, and all manner of wildlife. Uh, I can r- certainly recommend a road trip that should make uh, most people's bucket lists. And we say that quite often put it on your bucket list. Two or three hours north or south of Sydney seems pretty much to be the limit for most Sydney siders or visitors to these parts of Sydney. A little further afield, though, you'll find some lesser-known towns, as I said earlier, pristine beaches and copious amounts of Australian wildlife. And this is the case with the drive from Sydney south to Eden. Now, despite if you have been born in Sydney, you might be Sydney raised, the further south, some of the people have managed on the New South Wales coast has been ulla So, if you've got some time on your side and the sun is shining, even if it's not, and also knowing too at this time of year that the whales are in full migration, we hopped in the car and caravan and headed south. Now, how long do you need to plan for a trip out of Sydney to Eden? Google Maps will tell you that you need just over a little, a little over six hours to cover the four hundred and seventy odd kilometres. That's non-stop, and despite the views out your window, a needless rush, in our opinion. As I said, we spent a week on this road trip, and it's worth noting that we sort of interspersed it with leisurely beach strolls and evenings. So, um, in the car, sitting outside on the caravan, it wasn't a sort of tick and flick itinerary, as most of ours aren't. We've also mapped out the key stops along the way, as well as places where we stayed and places where you can stay as well. Such is the nature of this Sydney to Eden road trip. You can spend as little as long as you need in each destination. If you're travelling around Australia, perhaps you'll spend a month traversing this part of the coast. It's, it's, why not do it? If you snared a week of annual leave, the Sydney to Eden road trip is completely doable. The choice, of course, is yours. So heading out of Sydney south for the Sydney to Eden road trip, the goal was to keep the ocean in sight for us us as much as possible. And for that reason, we suggest heading south via the Royal National Park. The National Park itself deserves more time for exploring, but being located within the realms of Sydney, we headed only to Bald Hill. And it's a lookout that's famous for the hang gliders who use this as their airstrip. And if you're lucky, you can watch a few of them take off from what is just a majestic viewpoint. So you can, From here, you can actually see south to Wollongong on a clear day overlooking Stanwell Park Beach and the Seacliff Bridge. Although you've just started your road trip there, the Bald Hill Flying Cafe is a good option if you need some food or coffee and when you have a look at the beach not the beach when you have a look at the the uh, map and i've got it open here in front of me at the moment there 's just so much to see and do ar- around that area um, from you know from Heathcliff Heath rather down to Waterfall. This is all part of the Royal National Park You can go up to Guatemala uh, along the coast down to Gary and then uh, Helensburg down to Lilyvale, Otford, and then, as mentioned Stan- Stanwell Park down to Coalcliffe, uh Clifton Scarborough Wambara, all along the coast and it 's just fantastic scenery. And if you've flown out of Sydney, or even if you've flown out of Wollongong for that matter, uh, from between Sydney to Wollongong, and you've flown that that trip many times, the coastline below is just absolutely fantastic to see from the air. From the air down to the sea, that's where we are with the Sea Cliff Bridge. It's another famous spot on the Sydney to Eden route. It's uh, got a smooth rug, rug, a smooth road that hugs the coastline. It's not dirt or dusty or bumpy. And if it looks like it's something straight out of a commercial for a new car, you'd be spot on there. The bridge itself has been used countless times in car adverts, and it's easy to see why as you zoom around its bends. On the southern side of the bridge, there's a handful of parking spots available. A little further on, and there's a car park that can fit around a dozen cars and a caravan. Park the car and van, and walk across the bridge you've just driven over for uh, at a slower place. And of course, you can take photos too. If these kind of views are your thing, I'd certainly recommend dropping into the Scarborough Hotel. It's a popular little weekend spot for road trippers. They serve up a great pub lunch and importantly for Jeff and us, their beers are refreshingly cold. The views too are magnificent. It's easy to see why that this particular hotel, the Scarborough Hotel, is a popular destination. Plenty of beaches along the way, as I mentioned from Seacliff, Clifton, Scarborough, Wambara, uh, down to Coldale Point Lookout, and Ostema, which is a great little place. Um, Some people call it their favourite beach along the stretch because it's a little quieter with only a handful of little shops, and the beach itself is protected protected by a cove of pine trees and for those not looking for a dip in the waves you can try the sea pool there and be careful to mind the waves on a windy day they still bash the pool And if you're hunting fish and chips, as we were, Shell's Diner, which was across the road from the beach, is a worthy pick, serving up old-fashioned fish and chips and other deep-fried delectables. And you can take some snacks over to the beach and enjoy a swim there too. We stayed overnight in Ostoma. It's only an hour and a half um, south of Sydney, so we decided that we'd uh, spend our first night there. And if you love the sea... Uh, you can leave a little bit later on in the afternoon. It makes for a great first pit stop. And there's a couple of little modern options there for other people that want to do, if you want to do the motel aspect of it. The Headlands Hotel, uh, not too long been refurbished and it's an excellent modern option. Uh, it comes with one bedroom, two bedroom apartments and TVs and so forth uh, and vel- balcony views. And, of course, given that it's so close to Sydney, it makes for a good little weekender. This pub also has, the hotel rather, has an adjoining pub and bistro, so you can stay in if you want. Also, if you don't want to head out, uh, you can go to the South Sailor. It's a restaurant that looks the size of a cottage from the outside. It's also got an adjoining outdoor area and services, many more patrons that you would expect wouldn't expect it's located on the main drag just before Thirroul as you head further south and it's a really good little um, environment best described as a coastal casual I guess um, and the menu is wide and of course based around seafood as you would expect uh, fish and chips as well and of course beer wine soft drinks and cocktails if you're con- well no, if you're as you continue j- your journey south we recommend skipping Wollongong why Well, it's a lovely city, to be sure, and home to plenty of people's favourite football teams the Dragons, but there's too many other smaller coastal towns to see on this drive. We continued on until we hit Kiama. Now, the small town, it's really easy to miss, literally. The turn-off is really right upon you before you know it. Stop off and turn into this town where the main street is lined with shops. And having visited this spot before, you would describe the relationship with the Kiama blowhole as a love-hate. The blowhole has been typically for us disappointing and a most recent trip, we did get around 10 metres of blow. Good luck witnessing the natural phenomena. Um, for, for your information, it's choppy conditions made, make for larger performances. There's a sea pool there and also cabins if you'd like to stay longer, but you sometimes you can sit there and wait and wait and nothing happens. If you've got a sweet tooth and you've got room in your tummy, there's a f- um, the berry donut van might be right up your corner. With the highway now bypassing Berry, you'll need to make a conscious effort to turn off and stop here. Um, The donuts are delicious, which clearly means that the calories don't count. We headed next to uh, our... One of the favourite destinations is Huskinson, and it's got a lot of nostalgic charm there. It's changed a lot over the years, but it's still considerably uh, relatively unknown. You'll find the old cinema, which is altogether from another era. The Husky Pub is the place to be on most days. You can head down there for a snitchel and a beer. And if you're looking for lighter options, there's the local bakery with well-known pies and heaps of options. There's something for everyone, go for the mince pie and the pepper steak pie, a bit of a bit of a heads up there, or if it's uh, brunch that you're after, look at the Five Little Pigs Cafe where they have a great assortment of breakfast and brunch options and you might have difficulty, will be maybe securing a table at this uh, cafe because the tables do turn quickly. The secret here is well and truly out though, it's one of the most popular spots in the Jervis Bay area. Take a stroll along the beach, there's a pathway which winds itself along the coastline making it for a pretty easy flat stroll. And whilst you're here, enjoy the white sand, the crystal blue water, and the famous Hyams Beach is just over 10 minutes' drive away. It reputedly has the whitest sand in the world. It feels like many beaches in Australia may lay claim to this. But whatever the case, the sand is indeed very white. Walking on it comes with its own special squeakiness too. So we stayed overnight at Huskinson. as I said, you bypass uh, Wollongong and Wollongong. Um, the reason you do that because for us we we had time wasn't on our side at that particular point and there's other options as well as you head through sort of Burma Dairy, down through Nowra Basin View you can head off into the Morton National Park along there and the I think it's called the Butterwang Range too before you head down to like Mollymock and Aladulla. Mollymock is a great little town and uh, there's a few options to consider that we did miss through. Um, as we continued on south, uh, we drove through some towns that you may wish to consider as a stop on your Sydney to Eden drive. Mollymook is a, a coastal gem, perhaps best known for being home to Rick Stein's Bannister Hotel. Bannister remains on the bucket list still, but if you've got cash to splash, it could certainly be worthwhile a worthwhile pit stop. Ulladulla and Batemans Bay are simply popular summer getaway spots. They are always jam packed on the weekends, but you will find a really good range of accommodation options here. Experience suggests that at this point accommodation gets a little cheaper, uh, and that's because these destinations are beyond the border that most Sydney siders are willing to really consider for a weekend. While we were partial to Huskisson, we take no offence if you consider that these alternatives to Jervis Bay on your trip. It might, though, come as a shock as you drive this scenic coastal road that there's a zoo hidden amongst the drive. The Mogo Zoo is a small zoo, but it has a really good array of animals under their care. It's been a few years um, since we've been to Mogo, but the red pandas were the favourite from that visit. If you've got time, it's a great little zoo, and you would... Be sure to stop too at the Bedella Dairy. You'll drive straight past it so there really aren't any excuses. The country you're now driving in is really prime dairy land and that's how it changes quite considerably as you're driving through the coastal area. You've already probably likely lost count of the number of cows that you see out the window. The Bedella Dairy has a all nature of dairy products available for sale. Pop in and taste some cheese, have a toasty or enjoy an old-fashioned milkshake. There's not much worth stopping for before or after, so it's practical as well as a delicious pit stop. And check in ahead of time, you might even get the opportunity to milk a cow during your visit. Why wouldn't you? The Sydney to Eden road trip starts to edge back now towards the coast after a little inland diversion. And from here on, the beaches get a lot quieter. The ocean is a lot more blue and the towns far fewer. Along the coastline as you enter North Naruma, plug in Kianga Point into Google Maps. It's a very easy to miss vantage point. It's got a large open space and Loop road and we shared this beautiful spot with just another car and yes, you can get it with a car and caravan. The hues of blue, aqua, and green here are very much remind you of Lord Howe Island and there's no one else about to share them with. It's just fantastic. If, if, if a place like this was closer to Sydney, you can bet it would be run been overrun by now. It's just lovely. It's the perfect place to nibble on some of that Bedella dairy cheese. Uh, it was views like this that had us scratching our heads as to why we'd never considered driving from Sydney to Eden earlier. It's just lovely. Admiring the views is one thing, but you're probably itching to be a part of it by now, and especially if it's the weather for it. A five-minute drive south from Clangor Point, and you'll find Bar beach at North Naruma. Here it's um, there's a netted off little inlet swimming area with some of that pristine water that was mentioned earlier. There's a boardwalk and breakwater that you can wander along here too. And if you keep your eye out, you might see seals who often find themselves in this area too. Another short hop to the next point of interest is Australia Rock. Now, let's put the debates aside because there are plenty. This eroded rock does in some way resemble mainland Australia, sorry Tasmania, like a hole cut out of the rock. It's a beautiful spot and a unique nature formation. It may not look exactly like Australia, but I think when you have a look at it, you'll get a sense of it when you're actually looking at it. And what about Bermagui? Bermagui is another stunning coastal town. It too it too has a, a really good array of accommodation options from caravan parks, motels, backpackers, uh, B and B's. We dropped in at the iconic Camel Rock, which, as its name suggests, is shaped like a camel along the beach. Australia rock cops some flak for its supposed lack of lightness, but you will not battle to identify the camel here at Camel Rock. The blue pool of Bermagui... Wasn't so blue on our visit, more a shade of green. The coastal pool was empty when we arrived. And if you fancy another swim, head on down the stairs and enjoy this place potentially to yourself. Uh, we stayed overnight at Taratha. We completed our drive with our final accommodation destination being Taratha. It's a small town, uh, it's almost split in two, and I imagine everyone knows everyone here. We stayed uh, at the local caravan park, and there's also a motel accommodation there too. And because if you happen to be traveling out of season, take the opportunity to book an apartment with a great ocean vantage point. It can uh, You can get them equipped with a telescope. And the first morning there was a delight. We watched whales splashing out in, in front of us. Terrific. And um, you can get um, uh, accommodations such as apartments. There are two or one bedroom uh, on a balcony or not, so uh, make sure you do that. Sunset at Taratha, it's a wonderful time of day. You watch the sun go down by the pink Taratha Wharf. It's a great way to spend part of your afternoon. And as you wander or drive back up, expect to navigate amongst the kangaroos who also enjoy this time of day. We also had some Taratha Beach Tapas, and uh, it's a a bit of a limited menu, but there weren't any really bad options to choose from, and the Thai fish cakes were on on the money. If you're not looking for a sit-down dinner, they also do takeaway outside the restaurant too. So we used uh, Taratha as our base on what they call now the Sapphire Coast. From here, you're within easy distance of a number of beautiful towns. Each of them should demand your attention during your stay along this area. Pambula is home to a magnificent stretch of beach. It's best known for its long curved beach. There's plenty of sand if you plan on sun baking and the waves break over quite a distance. So a dip is easy to enjoy, especially this time of year too. Keep, out, keep an eye out amongst the bushes too. You can expect to find wildlife. We stumbled across a little echidna who called Pambula Beach home. Kangaroos are said to be found here on the beach too, but we didn't have any luck seeing those. Marimbula is your opportunity to see whales up close. It's the largest of the Sapphire Coast towns and even has its own airport. Here, you'll find a number of great swimming holes, uh, outnumbered only by the number of oyster farms you'll spot. Oyster lovers can rejoice, as we did. You'll have access to some of the tastiest award-winning oysters in Australia. Our biggest highlight for Marimbula was our morning on the water chasing the migrating whales, whales, whales. Much like the Clam blowhole, our prior trips, of some of our other prior trips on whale watching excursions have been underwhelming. Not here. In the thick of migration season, we saw three mothers with their calves and we were all up for a show. They were just fantastic. It was seeing these whales from the caravan park that really inspired us, so we're glad we did it. We joined a tour with the local adventure tours on a two-hour trip and it was never short of whales to watch. Obviously, there though. Uh, obviously, though, there are a number of factors when it comes to whales and when they want to show themselves. On our day, though, we were incredibly lucky to uh, see them. Got the show of our lifetime. It was fantastic. So, while the the whale migration is no secret, it's certainly a tour that I'd really encourage you to do. Book ahead if you visit during the migration season. The coastal garden of Eden. When you hit Eden Town, you have made it. Your Sydney to Eden trip is now complete. Eden feels like a little town that time forgot and you'll feel that uh, when you hear, you see the iconic Hotel Australasia under renovation, it's now been completed, it's a, a fantastic hotel and the, um, it just transports you to a, another era. Whilst in Eden, you cannot miss a visit to the Eden Killer Whale Museum. Those stunning whales you've been admiring used to be the biggest industry in Eden. The museum there details the history of whale hunting in the region. You'll find a skeleton out front of Old Tom, who was a killer whale estimated to be up to 90 years of age. The skeleton gives you a scary idea of just how big these creatures are. If you're wandering the museum and hear the World War II siren, you're in luck. Whales have been spotted, so head outside and enjoy the show. Entry is payable at the door. More cheese at Bega with a slight detour from our Sydney to Eden itinerary. Not really on the coast, but only a 20-minute drive from Tar- Taratha is the cheese haven of Bega. And this area is a fertile dairy country area, and Bega is one of the best-known cheese brands in Australia. Here you'll find the Bega Cheese Heritage Centre next door to the factory, and if you had enjoyed the Badella dairy, you will enjoy this as well. Sample some cheese, taste some peanut butter and Vegemite, or enjoy it. Enjoy a t- cheese toasty. You can head upstairs and have a stroll around the museum, which is free to enter. And here you'll learn about the history of cheese making in the area throughout the last 100 years. If you're in the mood for a side trip for some platypus spotting, another slight detour, not quite the Sapphire Coast, but not quite anywhere else, to be perfectly honest, is the small town of Bombala, about an hour inland. This small town has some very cool old facades. A stroll along Main Street will give you cause to wonder about the town's history and what transpired here. The real gem in this town, however, is its platypus reserve. We found ourselves realising that none of us had actually really seen, we hadn't seen a platypus in the wild. A shock for us, though, Um, our visit to Bombala was to change all that. We arrived just after lunch to read that the platypus enjoy coming out at dusk and dawn, not in the middle of the day. So we decided to wait and see if we have a stroke of luck. And we had a stroke of luck from on our lookout point. We saw a V-shaped ripple appear on the other side of the river. And I took off down close to the riverbed and saw a single platypus swim towards me. He duck-dived and hung out below the surface for minutes. The only signal and the sign that I knew he was there was a few bubbles regularly appearing. And that was just a huge thrill for us, um, but it was almost a disappointment. If you do head here, try to arrive earlier or later in the evening to maximise your chances. And if you can't, just be patient, keep your eyes on the water. It's a little way out of the Sydney to Eden itinerary, but it's a detour that we think is certainly worth making. A few things to consider is that you, uh, from the Sydney to Eden road trip, is you won't find many coastal walks. Development in these parts usually steer clear of the beachfront. This isn't an issue and helps with maintaining wildlife. It's pretty much different to the more developed beaches of the south coast though. There's not a lot of in-between towns. You'll be driving through plenty of scrubland, so make sure you fill up or have supplies. Don't let your fuel dial run close to the edge in these parts. And these are quiet towns, and that means that not everything is open. Before you make dinner plans, make sure you know that the restaurant is open. We had one that we found we wanted to eat at. It was closed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So just things like that to be prepared with. Along the Sapphire Coast, this is a fantastic area of Australia. Accommodation is plentiful along this coast. There are varieties of caravan parks, as I said, motels, cabin resorts. Marimbula has probably the most options when it comes to accommodation. And when to visit the Sapphire Coast. October, November, this coastal stretch during the warmer months is absolutely magnificent, a terrific destination. Here, at this time of year, you're also most likely to, during this period, see the migrating whales too. Winter can, though, be quite cold along these parts. The views views are still excellent, but if you're planning on a lot of swimming, well, you be a brave soul. Expect nature to still be pretty, but you'll need plenty of layers, that's for sure. The peak time here is over the summer school holidays when folks call the coast home for a few weeks at a time. You can expect prices to be a lot higher here and the availability of accommodation can be quite challenging. It's the type of place where people ensure their Christmas holidays are booked ahead of schedule normally a year in advance that that means that securing accommodation during peak periods can be problematic. But it's certainly worth doing. Caravan parks along this coastline too Um, dog friendly and you can get um, on-site, on-site, on-suite sites as well with your powered sites so you don't have to trudge up to the evolution blocks. That's a little bit of the Sydney to Eden road trip itinerary. There are so many stops along the way. The biggest difficulty will be identifying where not to stop. If you've done the drive, have we missed out on any of your favourite places? We'd like to hear from you. And just some of the places, Um, when from Eden you can head on further south down, across the border into Malacuta which we'll talk about in another episode. But along the Sapphire Coast, Taratha, Chura Beach, Marimbula, as I mentioned, um, Eden. Then you've got places up towards Bunga, Bermagui, Naruma, uh, Dalmini, Tura's Head. There's just so many places Um, And it's along the coast, as I said, Scrubland, and then there's Southeast Forest National Park, the uh, Wadbilgilya National Park, uh, the Kuraban National Park, so many places to visit along the way. Make sure you allow yourself plenty of time to enjoy what they class as the Sapphire Coast, the south of Sydney down to Eden, following the coast along the Tasman Sea. It's absolutely fantastic. I thoroughly recommend you do it. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast, hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. And don't forget too that you can donate to the show via the Patreon Um, website just search for fat cat meter on patreon become a patreon supporter and uh, we would certainly appreciate it 110 percent. we might talk now about some salt and pepper squid also known as calamari now a great recipe that you can have on the road it only takes about 10 minutes to prepare 10 minutes to cook and you can cook it up for four people the eight ingredients you'll need, three large, which is about 750 grams, cleaned squid hoods, vegetable oil for shallow frying, half a cup of rice flour, one and a half teaspoons of freshly cracked peppercorn, a tablespoon, uh, teaspoon rather, of salt flakes, teaspoon of chili flakes, salad leaves to serve, then some lemon wedges to serve as well. It's a four method steps, dead easy. Step one, preheat. Preheat. preheat the oven to 160 degrees uh, or get your camp oven heated up. Cut each squid hood in halfway lengths using a sharp knife. You just simply score inside in what was called what's called a crisscross pattern. You cut each piece in halfway lengths and you cut each strip crossways into four pieces, then pat it dry with paper towel. You heat the oil in a wok or saucepan over a medium-high heat. You can do this over the campfire or over your cooker in the caravan or in the, um, uh, what do you call it, camper trailer as well. You combine the flour, the pepper, the salt and the chilli in a shallow dish. Lightly toss the squid in the flour mixture. You shake off the excess, cook, turning them for about two minutes or until lightly golden brown. Transfer them then onto a baking tray. You place that then in the oven to keep warm while you're cooking the remaining squid. You can serve it with salad greens and lemon wedges. And as I said, it is dead simple to make. The peppercorn is, a, uh, you can make a peppercorn medley, which is a mixture of black, white and pink peppercorns. And you can find it in the herbs and spices aisle of the local supermarket. Dead simple, easy to make. That is salt and pepper squid or salt and pepper calamari. 10 minutes to cook 10 minutes to prep and it serves four people and you can do it over the campfire over the gas cooker um just simple recipe while you're on the sapphire coast i love gadgets and who doesn't love gadgets now we tow a caravan I don't know about you, but when you're trying to level out your caravan at a campsite, do you use those little poxy uh, spirit levels, maybe on the ta- on the tower, on the table, or on the floor of the caravan, to make sure that it's all nice and level, so that when you lay down at night, you're not going to roll out of bed because the caravan's not level, or you open up the fridge door and everything flies out because the caravan's not level. There's something new on the market. Well, it might not be new, but it's new for me. It's the Savvy Level. You can mount it internally if your caravan has a lunch large front window or is fiberglass. It's the Savvy level hardware device that replaces the spirit level and allows you to level your caravan or camper in under a minute by yourself. No arguments. Ask yourself, what was your last leveling experience like? The Savvy level will make it 100% easier. It can be mounted internally if you have a fiberglass caravan. If you have a heavy metalized caravan, you'll need to purchase the external mount too. You can do it yourself with DIY installation, or you can purchase the Savvy Level and internal wiring kit with the products sold with the products. Savvy Level is a revolution in caravan, camper, trailer, and motorhome leveling. You can, when you purchase the level um, hardware, you can download the free Savvy Level app as well. Buy Savvy Level by itself if you have a large front window in your caravan or your camper or your caravan uh, are fiberglass. If not, as I said, you will need to, to bundle up with the Savvy Level with an external mount and kit. And if you buy it you will not have arguments you won't have to worry about epoxy old spirit level Uh, this thing is absolutely fantastic it's a great little bit of kit you can find them all on ebay i'm not affiliated with them in in, in any way it's the savvy level s-a-v-v-y-l-e-v-e-l about 375 bucks and uh what an electronic leveling system for your caravan camper or motorhome if you've got an awesome little piece of kit or a gadget that you have found Drop me a line and it's fatcat at iinet.net.au. That brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Road Less Travel Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the trip south out of Sydney down to Eden along the Sapphire Coast. If you've got an adventure that you have done yourself and you'd like to spread the word, share it and spread the knowledge, drop us a line. We would love to hear from you. And we look forward to looking at some great upcoming adventures as well as we head well and surely out of lockdown and everyone can now spread their wings and get out there and enjoy Australia. And we hope that that's what you're doing, planning your next trip, you'd, whether it's a day trip with the kids of the family or maybe the big long haul around Australia. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've got something upcoming, maybe an event as well, we would love to hear it. We don't mind spreading the word and assisting you as well. Thanks so much for being a part of this week's show. We look forward to seeing you somewhere out there on the road less travelled. My name is Nikki Shea. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been The Road Less Travelled, a podcast about travelling and camping on the road. Written and hosted by me, Nikki Shea, produced by Fat Cat Media. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, please leave a review. Any comments or questions, please email fatcat at iinet.net.au. And to be notified on the new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Traveled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.